0: Episode Unsalty Thoughts with Tamal Dodge. Webb is kicking off the show today. She is a holistic health coach, yoga teacher, author, motivational speaker, and much, much more. Koya has helped thousands of people better their lives in all the right ways. She is changing the holistic living landscape and enhancing the world's outlook on healthy alternative living. We're so happy to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much. It's an honor.
0: (laughs) This is actually the first time we've physically met. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can't believe that. We just kind of jumped right in.
1: I feel like I already know you, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, let's give our listeners a little bit of back history, also to give me some back history as well. Um, let's go back and figure out um, where you grew up, how you were brought up, and how you are here today.
1: All right. Um, I'm from Humboldt, Tennessee. I'm a southern girl. I grew up in the country. <laughs> it's like one high school, you know, no colleges in my town. Um, a lot of cotton, a lot of playing outside, a lot of mud pies. You know, it was just very southern. We drank sugar water. Um, I grew up with my mom and my dad in a trailer. Um, when I first grew up, we didn't really have much. You know, the helping hand, powdered milk, cornflakes. <laughs> you know, it was just a very humble upbringing but we we're very um, spiritually deep you know we put God first and you know just really focused on you know family and connecting and you know we, we got through those rough times and eventually my mom and dad um, built the house out in the country and now we have this uh, two-story house which of course when I was seven I thought it was a mansion was so amazing <laughs> And, uh, you know, I went to, to school, to um, elementary, and just went through all the grades. And, uh, you know, I feel like I just had a really humble upbringing. My grandparents raised me in the summertime to give my parents a break. And, yes, they needed a break because <laughs> I was a little handful back in the day, very inquisitive. always had a lot of questions about life. I always wanted to know more. And I think that's probably what led me to where I am today, but uh, it's a handful. So my grandparents were a big part of my life. Um, They've both gone on now, but very beautiful part of my life. And I have uh, two brothers and one sister. Uh, My oldest brother has uh, two kids, two boys, and my youngest brother has five kids. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Four girls and a boy. And then my sister has uh, two girls. Um, so I have a pretty big family lots of nieces and nephews I love my family even though they're in Tennessee and so being raised in Tennessee and now being out in California you know I definitely miss them a lot Um, but I love the fact that I can travel and see the world and do what I do all around the world but I miss my family very much and I love them very much and they are a big part of my initial growth and becoming you know who I am
0: yeah how did um, you know, getting into the health and wellness field unfold for you? Um, and how did you discover that as kind of like a life path?
1: I think it started when I was a little girl, just uh, my mom and dad, even though we weren't vegan or vegetarian or we never really watched what we ate, but my mom would always make sure we had vegetables on the plate. She'd trick us into eating fruit by having fruit eating competitions, <laughs> like oranges, and she'd put them like, okay, who can eat them the fastest, you know? So she was really good about you know, sneaking those. Smart. Um, she was a very smart woman and um, I love her. And so I think, Always having the natural health booths, the natural health books around, like I would reach, and I'd always want to know the natural way to heal. Um, And my biggest thing when I was a little girl, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know, but I knew I wanted to help people, I knew I wanted to see people happy. You know, and so I think it started at a young age with me just gravitating towards those natural health books. And, you know, anytime someone had a cold or ailment, I'd always go to the book and try to look at I'm like, OK, you should do this. I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and so that's where it started. And um I think, you know, as I grew got older and I became an athlete, it was definitely out of the window. I was taking tons of like ibuprofen and mm. you know, um eating, you know, fast food and it was just a very fast life
0: mm. until
1: I got to college and then after that, you know, things started to change. Mm.
0: And, you know, how did you uh figure out eating a whole food plant-based diet was the way to go after college. How did that kind of, did it, was it a slow inflammation, a slow gradual process, or did you just want to discover, oh my God, this is amazing, this is what I need to eat, and this is what I need to do?
1: I think in college, taking nutrition classes and also going to school, like, you know, I think I was in Wichita State, so I moving more more west, more and Mm. more west. So I think in college, I stopped, I had a boyfriend, he was Muslim. (laughs) And he didn't eat pork. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want to really, you know, eat pork, and I don't think you should either. It's unclean and these things. I was like, okay, well, I have no problem not eating pork, even though at the time I loved bacon. I was like, okay, no big deal. I can give that up because he was kind of cute. So so I gave up the pork and, um, you know, ended up giving up the guy. But I kept the pork out of my diet, and uh, I felt great. You know, I didn't feel any different. They, they had turkey, bacon, and other alternatives. So I always said if, they, if there's something else I can do um, to where I don't miss something that's potentially bad for me, then I'll do it. So I gave it the pork and then, I, you know, I had a friend that was vegetarian and they were telling me why they're vegetarian and that I should try it. And I'm basically an experimentalist. So I was like, OK, I'll try this vegetarian. And so I tried that. and I was like, oh, this feels pretty good, you know. And so really, that's. That's kind of how my path started. And then they had that big outbreak with the chicken, the mm-hmm. salmonella poisoning. And I was like, all right, I don't want any chicken. I don't want to get sick. So I cut that out. And then there was a tryptophan and the turkey. So I cut the turkey out. So I just kept cutting things out one at a time. And every time I cut something out, I felt better and better. I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty good. And so before I went vegan, which I've been vegan now for 12 years, I... um I was just like, I'm just going to have fish and eggs because I love fish and egg whites. I love having scrambles with pancakes. Of course, vegan pancakes, but I'd have the and fish because, you know, got to have my protein, you know. And then I met this guy. He was a track athlete, Obia Moore. And he was like, oh, yeah, you look great. You're vegetarian. Yeah. And I told him about my story. He was like, you know, why, why aren't you vegan then? You know, it's like, well, because I need my protein. You know, he's like, well, and I looked at him. He's like completely ripped <laughs> athletic beautiful skin gorgeous man and i was like yeah yeah if you don't if you don't eat fish or eggs i don't think i need fisher eggs <laughs> so i was like well you know i like it and it's fun and you know and i would occasionally have some cheese you know but I'd read a book, and, and I heard about the the mucusless diet, and it, it was talking about how really bad the, the cheese was and how much it caused mucus, so I didn't do that that much. But he was like, yeah, you, you could do it, and he gave me some tips, and he gave me some restaurants, and, and I tried it, and, you know, I felt really great, and mm-hmm. I looked really great. I kept getting compliments on my skin. And for the first... Um, for the first, I think, two months, it was more like a cleanse. Like I was like kind of cleansing, I was feeling good. And then sometimes I lose energy because I hadn't really figured it out. Yeah. So I did have some growing pains in there of, you know, I couldn't figure out what it what to eat. And every now and then I just like eat something I wasn't supposed to eat that wasn't <laughs> wasn't vegan. Then I died. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. I was like, no, 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 I could do this. And so there was a little bit of back and forth in there where I was really trying to just figure it out. Um, but I knew that when I was eating clean and I was eating vegan, I felt my best. Yeah, and so over time, I learned, you know, not to eat too much soy and not to eat too much processed foods and to eat more fruits and vegetables and to drink a lot of water and throw those superfoods in there and make sure I have greens. And so I learned all the tips that I now teach everyone else. And that's really what when I started thriving mm. on a plant-based diet and and that makes me feel really good.
0: I like your. Candid honesty about the whole journey too, <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you hear most people think, oh, they go in and they're just like, yeah, well, I just figured it out overnight and I'm amazing. What do you have? <laughs> you yeah, know? no, I but, struggled. Yeah, because
1: I love food, I really do. I'm a foodie. I feel like I'm a vegan foodie. Yeah. Even though I eat super clean most of the times, I will have vegan pancakes and waffles and whatever you can make vegan, I'll try it. Yeah. So I'm still a foodie, very much so, but also I started looking at videos like Cow Spirit See and Forks over Knives and yeah. you know, I started to have compassion for the animals and how they were treated and then I started to learn how detrimental it was for our planet to consume, you know, animal products and how many resources that we use when we have nations starving. And yeah. so so that, honestly, that's what's made me stick, yeah. being the foodie that I am, um, has made me stick with veganism, not only just because I feel great and look great and have great energy and it, it feels amazing, but because of the impact that it makes on the lives of others or animals and the planet.
0: Yeah, it's, it's actually shocking when you start going down that yeah. tunnel and you figure out how much animal agriculture impacts the world's resources it's like one hamburger six months worth of showers you're like what the heck you
1: (laughs) know exactly you
0: start scratching your head like Mm -hmm. how how is this sustainable it's not it's crazy exactly I I used to laugh um, because when we were in a huge drought here in California you get on the freeway and it says severe drought limit outdoor watering but really one of the leading causes of drought is because of all the dairy farms and meat farms and everything like that. It's
1: just like the governor
0: of California, he was like, if you really wanna save water, stop eating hamburgers and eat veggie burgers. And he was joking and he was like, because that's never gonna happen. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, that actually would be a good...
1: <laughs> It'd be huge. And, you know, what I really like about what's happening now is it is trending. Like, yeah. vegan is finally trending. I'm like, yes! You yeah. know? Even though, you know, I try to coach people on a healthy vegan diet because, yeah. you know, all the veggie burgers and the pseudo-cheeses and things like that. But it's okay, you know. um, Some of my vegan friends are like, really, like, all this fake vegan food is really ruining (laughs) us. I was like, but it's okay because people have to start somewhere. You know, I started somewhere. I didn't have a perfect journey. And I think I have a lot of compassion with people on their journey because of that. And, you know, I love my journey even though it wasn't that clean, you know. There was another time, like, a month in there. And I can still consider myself a 12-year vegan. But there was a a time in there, I think I was like... A, good, a couple of years, like maybe three or four years in, where I ate fish for a month, like because I had gotten injured, and they said you wouldn't heal unless you eat fish, and you know I did it, I tried it, and i mm. it was great. I, I still liked the taste. I didn't get sick. People were like, did you get sick? And not a friend, um and you know they got sick. Mm. Well, but they also ate a steak after being vegan for <laughs> oh. years, so it was a oh. whole different experience. But. You know, I didn't get sick, but energetically, I felt the difference. Yeah, and and I was like, you know what? This is not something that I want to, you know, be a part of. And it was also before I really started studying deep on like the environmental and the animals. And I mm. read about, you know, you know, even though fish it doesn't seem as brutal as like, you know, a cow or something like that. They st- I read this book and there was like, just imagine swimming along and this hook pierces your brain. And I'm like, oh god, <laughs> when well, you put it like that, maybe not. And so, um, but th- these things we don't really think about when we see this nicely cut fillet or this beautiful beautifully presented item in front of us that now our um, veggie products and vegan products look like. Yeah. because you, So you lose the connection of how it got there. And so knowing how it got there and going through the process of, you know, putting yourself in the place of that animal, that really makes people stop and think. And I think if we had that reality, reality expressed more, people would look at it differently and make possibly make different choices.
0: Yeah, I always say people usually become... Um, plant-based or vegan or whatever you want to call it for one of four reasons. One, spiritual reasons. Two, it's for animals, for their heart, for their safety. And so they're not harming anymore. Mm-hmm. Three, for my environmental impact. And four is the most common, which is just personal health. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing or the irony is I feel like no matter what outlet or any of those four reasons, after you've done it for a while, all four of those reasons become the reason you're doing it. Right. Right? Exactly. It becomes so like true. this full encompassed reason because you change your diet it changes your habits it changes your consciousness and you start to learn about everything and you learn why everyone else is doing certain things and then it just becomes your your total reason Right. it encompasses it all
1: so true and it it feels good it feels holistic you know and it all starts to come together and make sense when you really start to look at it and I think that's what people are starting to wake up to and realize now that more of us are speaking out and talking about they're like wow this really does make sense and the beautiful thing about about more people getting it, is now we have more options, we have more restaurants, we have more things in the grocery store. So the more that we keep spreading the message and people get it, the more we'll have to enjoy.
0: Uh, You know things are changing when um, my wife is from Wisconsin, a tiny (laughs) little town called Wisconsin Rapids, and we go back every other year to see her family around Christmas time. And I knew things were changing when the last time I was there, I walked into their grocery store Cops, which is like this chain of stores and they had a little plant-based vegan food section. Oh my I was goodness. Like, in yeah, this tiny little town like things wow. are totally altering if they're already starting I mean, somebody yes. must be eating this for this to even <laughs> be here <laughs> you that's know?
1: awesome uh, it just feels good every time I see another vegan restaurant or plant based because I'm from Tennessee so when I went back to Nashville yeah. and I saw all these vegan restaurants and these vegan options and sometimes it's vegetarian and you're like okay and they don't know the difference between vegan and vegetarian yeah. and you know but just to see that people are trying and they're open to it is a beautiful thing
0: yeah the way I was raised, um, we were a very spiritually wealthy family, but very uh, nutritionally deprived. <laughs> we were a very spiritual family, but uh, I was born and raised a vegetarian. I never, I've never, never eaten meat, fish, or eggs in my life, but we ate with a yoga diet, meaning you still could have like milk, you still have cheese, but no meat, fish, or eggs. But we ate such a junk for vegetarian diet. We ate, like processed white flour, sugar everything you know so I mean I grew up eating really bad we'd eat a lot of pizza my mom actually was a chef it wasn't she couldn't cook she she's just cook 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 a little too good and cook a little too unhealthy um like cheesecakes cakes, cakes uh, and then everything she would just make it all and but I remember I remember just not feeling good feeling really not healthy and when I was around 15 years old I got really sick at one point my skin broke out i I actually got uh, extremely sick to the point where I passed out and I had like oh, no. convulsions at one point I had, it was not just because of the diet, but it was also, I had, was exposed to some environmental sickness and, um, but it made me take a deep look at like, wow, what the hell, what, what am I doing? What am I putting in my body and around my body? And, you know, so I started diving deep and trying to figure out, well, what, what's going to one get me healthy again and yeah. fix this illness that I have in my body and two what's the right way to do it there's gotta be a right way to do it and you know I just started reading and studying and um, I was just recording a podcast with Sasha mm. right before you and her mom um, has been a big influence in my life not just spiritually but she's a wealth of knowledge in the nutrition world yeah. uh, her mom had the first ever vegetarian cooking show on PBS from 79 to 92
1: oh wow it's oh, called that's Kathy amazing. Cooks Naturally
0: wrote a bunch of best-selling books and So she taught me a lot, and then I just started eating a whole food, plant-based diet, and I took out the dairy, went straight up vegan, and felt amazing. My skin cleared up. I felt Mm. vibrant. Uh, Back to surfing all the time and doing yoga, and just felt incredible. And you know, it's you start reading like the China Study, or you watch Forks Over Knives, and you realize there's like a universal thing that is good for everybody. Everybody wants to believe, oh, it's no, it's this, it's that, it's this blood type or that thing. The great thing about something like the China study is it's a field study they've done, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just a theory. They put it out in the field and tried it on people. Right. So it's really wild to see something that works for people of varying blood types, different cultures. Mm-hmm. Because we all hear that and we all feel that. And we also people have in the back of their mind their doubt. Well, I'm, you know, Tamal Dodge. I'm half Japanese and half white. I should be eating this. Or,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I'm Sean. I'm this or that. I should be eating this diet, you know. and yeah. Um, and you can see that eating a whole food plant-based diet really can balance you out. And, you know, if you do it right, you do it right.
1: That's <laughs> so, it's so true. Someone actually just reached out to me on Instagram. They're like, oh, yeah, for scientific on a plant-based. And that's exactly the book I gave him, the China study. Because, yeah. you know, and, I, and of course I gave him all the, you know, movies to watch as well. <laughs> but it was like, you know, the China study gets, really goes deep into, um, you know, why a plant-based diet is, most healthy for most people on the planet. And it could be for everyone on the planet if they're willing to try it and do the work, you know. I always tell people, I'm not necessarily saying you could just go vegan and all of a sudden being healthy because like you express, if you don't eat healthy food, whether it's animal or not, no, you're not going to be healthy. Vegan doesn't eat... Be equal health. It equals consciousness. Yeah. And hopefully, with that consciousness, you can re- eat the t- right <laughs> type of vegan foods, so you can then be healthy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a beautiful journey to hear your journey as well. And um, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that because a lot of times we feel like we're doing what's best for us because we don't realize that there's something else. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people that I work with, they're like oh, well, I didn't even look at it that way. And, and that's why I like to be gentle with, with people. And even though I see the impact it's being on, making on the earth and I see, you know, the abused animals, I realize that you don't know until you know. And I think, you know, having podcasts like this is really what puts people in the know. And it really does save lives and bring people to more awareness so they can make those changes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you definitely can be a junk food vegetarian. It's a real thing. I mean, if you if you really want, you could eat potato chips which are vegan and you could drink soda all day long and, and those are all vegan. or Oreo's <laughs> and that's still vegan, but you could be the most unhealthy vegan or unhealthy person from eating that. So, it it comes down to quality food. And you know, there's another great book out there that um I found to be such a a good intro or gateway book. It's Blue Zones. Mm, I don't
1: think I've read it. It's wonderful.
0: Um and it's, it's it just gets people to um, look at information in a very fun way. So years ago, this guy named Dan Butner, he's a, a journalist for the National Geographic. He did a whole book on lessons from people who live the longest in the world. And it was, like, one of the best-selling National Geographic's of all time. So they ended up milking it and making a whole book. And he ended up traveling the world with a whole team of, like, MDs and demographers, uh, epidemiologists to find out where people live the longest. Mm-hmm. And what a fun job that would be, right? To travel, yeah. Travel every country. That's <laughs> so awesome. And it had to be where it wasn't like, oh, there's just one guy who lives really old in this town. I mean, everybody who was old was really old, right. right? So they called them centurions, or people who lived to 100 or more.
1: Definitely.
0: And so he wrote this book called Blue Zones, and he named five places where people lived the longest. And one was like Icaria, Greece, Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy. And one of the biggest Blue Zones was here in Loma Linda, California, which is like smog is. ridden and funky. <laughs> and the reason is, is the commonality found in all these cultures is people didn't eat meat. That's why they were living the longest. And the guy who wrote it's not even a vegetarian. He's just, he's a, a journalist for National Ge- Geographic. He was just supplying information. And mm-hmm. the commonality they found with all these people living the longest, is it wasn't like they didn't even like eating meat. It was circumstances too poor. Mm-hmm. They couldn't afford it. They're living like, Nicoya Peninsula brown rice and beans and right. garden vegetables because meat was for rich people you uh-huh. know and all these different places the commonality they found in every culture was they couldn't have meat and if they did they'd have a piece that was like the size of a pickle uh-huh. once a month or once a year so virtually wow. none in their diet and it was such a special thing they were like it would stress them out because they had no money and the reason Loma Linda California, um, is because they have the largest population of Seventh-day Adventists and eating a vegetarian diet is part of the religion.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Um, so it's a, it's a great book. It's actually hilarious. It's a big bestseller.
1: I actually remember um, I'm a student of IIN, and so I guess someone did a review, so I actually remember that story. <laughs> and I remember one of the other things that they said was a commonality, is like closeness of family, yeah. and and how like in these towns, even though they didn't have much, they really valued and, you know, something we might get to later, but just like the importance of human touch and yeah. connection. And I think that's really important, too.
0: Even the people who were um, here in uh, Loma Linda, California, even if they didn't have close family, the people, because they belonged to a Seventh-day Adventist church, they had that community. Mm-hmm. of people who looked out for them, loved for them. It's actually a crazy book out there. It's not crazy. It's a study. It's, a, it's a study. It's great. <laughs> It's called, um, Is Religion Good for Your Health? It was a study done at Duke University. Mm. And it talks about not just religion, but just spiritual practice in general. And how it could potentially add 10 years on your life. Oh,
1: that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I definitely believe that. It is. Um, I think that's one of the most important... I feel like we are spiritual beings. And yeah. when we leave this this place, I mean, we can't take anything with us except for our spirits. So I think to be connected in that way spiritually to everyone that you meet is it must be the most important thing in the world, even more important than what you eat or what you wear or what you do for your career. Yeah. But just that soul-to-soul connection.
0: Soul-to-soul soul is where it's at. Oh, um, yeah. Soul-to-soul <laughs> soul is where it's at. And it's just also, you know, I think about your time here, all you can take is, you know, the soul, you can't Mm -hmm. take the body, you can't take the shell, Mm -mm. Um, but how you leave and how you impact the world when you left, hopefully you treaded lightly and improved the quality of things that were going on here, improved Mm -hmm. people's spiritual consciousness, improved, you know, improved upon, you know, the overall well-being of the earth itself before you leave it, and you weren't just here to like the bumper sticker says, he who dies with the most toys wins. He didn't go in with that consciousness <laughs> and just like trash and party hard and then peace out and die, you know. It's like, well, did I do something? Did, mm-hmm. I, did I elevate it or did I downgrade it all when I was there, you know. So mm-hmm. I think those are keys. How did uh, you discover yoga? Because I know you teach yoga. It's a gigantic part of your life. You share it with everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. I, uh, I found yoga when I was in college. I um, was a track and field athlete. I love to compete. I did the heptathlon, high jump, long jump, shot put javelin, 100 hurdles, 200 <laughs> dash, 800, you name it and i do it. And I love the relays. Um, and I was just always training so hard, day in, day out. And one day I was walking to class and I just fell to the floor in pain. I had a sharp pain in my back. And um, I had no idea what had happened? I just like okay. I felt like something had electrocuted me. So I went to the doctor, and they were like, "Yeah, we're sorry. You have a stress fracture in your fourth lumbar vertebrae. Mm-hmm. You're out for the year." And I'm Sheesh. like, "Huh?" I, and I trained so hard. And I think sometimes when you're an athlete, you think you're invincible. You think you feel like you're super, <laughs> superwoman or superman. And and so here I was, um, sophomore year. I'm at the peak of my career. I'm slated to win it the following year. And they're like. You're done, and so I went through a period of just being in um, shock, and then I, I, I just didn't accept it. I, um, I just couldn't come to grasp with my career being over because I had so much. Like I wanted to, you know, want a gold medal and be an example to the community, and you want know, to make a big difference in the world and things like that, and uh, I just like at that moment when I got that diagnosis, everything just came crashing down. And so I went into uh, just a very dark place where I was crying a lot. And I remember going to my class and my teacher was just like, Koya, you know, I love you, but I need to ask you to leave class because I'd sit there and then the next thing you know, I'd be crying, yeah. just in tears, just very, just, just in disbelief, right? And so I went to the counselor and the counselor was like, um, why don't you take yoga and you know, i'm southern baptist i knew nothing (laughs) about yoga so it's like but all i knew was buddha yoga that was like that's all i knew i was like well you know i can't worship buddha (laughs) it's just like no 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 it's not it's not worshiping anything it's just stretching it's just stretching and you know here i am i'm like well i can't go back to class so you know okay i'll go to this yoga thing (laughs) so i went into the class and people were like standing on their heads and doing these stretches and i'm just like, (laughs) I'm just defeated, completely defeated in life, still crying, um, just on and off, you know. And I didn't realize I was depressed at the time, but I was definitely experiencing a level of just really not wanting to be alive, you know, and... um, um, the teacher came over to me after my second class and me trying to do a headstand. I remember I felt like my brain was oozing out <laughs> of the skull, and I, I I thought, like this is not for me. My head is not made to stand on. And I remember thinking this. Now I can stand on my head for like two minutes. You yeah. know, but I remember thinking that. She came over to me, she's like, you know what? I want you to just breathe with me. And she took a big inhale, and exhale and I was like wow that felt great and what I realized is that I hadn't took a deep breath since I found out I'd hurt my back and so I was like okay I can do it she said don't worry about the post just keep breathing and that's when I felt and I hadn't had this feeling since I got baptized when mm-hmm. I was 12 years old I felt spirit like yeah. with that breath and I was like all right I'm, I'm okay and this, I kept breathing. I started getting better and better at yoga. I mean, because I was a tight athlete. I could do a back bend, but I couldn't touch my toes. Yeah. That's how tight my hamstrings were. And so I really started to get flexible. I started swimming. And within a year, I returned to the track. I won the conference meet in the heptathlon. Mm. And I led Wichita State to their first women's championship. Wow! Because I did the heptathlon, high jump, long jump, open, yeah. and I ran the relays. Because I, I, I felt great. So... Not only did I come back, but because I took the time to heal myself, you know, um, not just physically, but also mentally and spiritually, I was able to come back a lot stronger and lead my team as a team captain, you know. Because all those things I was scared would never happen. I'll never be a leader. I'll never, because I'm losing a whole year. Yeah. I had so much doubt and I didn't feel worthy. You know, I lost. I lost my self-worth, you know, and I had to gain it back, but just building, building myself up and realize that my self-worth isn't just how fast that I can run,
0: yeah,
1: you know, and so that was how I found yoga and yoga became my best friend and uh, it it is a very fun journey. It's been a fun journey since then. I, I kind of, you know, once I got back, you know, on the track, I started really focusing on track and doing mm-hmm. yoga like once or twice a week. Yeah. It wasn't until about, um, and then when I moved to California, I ended up getting my certification in Ashanga yoga. Yeah. Got my 200 hour, 300, and then 500 because I really loved how they connected the movements with the breath. Yeah. You know, and I really felt myself go deeper. I went a full on detox when I did my <laughs> teacher training. I mean, sneezing every day and was like, what? happening emotional detoxes with crying and releasing things that had happened during my lifetime so I think yoga is a very healing practice and it's one of the best things you can do for your life is to adopt a regular yoga practice including meditation and pranayama you know the breath work and I think if everyone in the world can just have that gift to know yoga to try yoga then they can get through a lot of the heartache and pain that we experience in this lifetime
0: Definitely. That was a great story. Um, How do you help people, you know, give up some of the really um, (laughs) uh, rough attachments that may not be serving them like caffeine, sugar, meat, (laughs) dairy, all the stuff that we're like hooked on? How do you get them to maybe take baby steps or introduce them into alternative um, foods and sources of energy?
1: I usually take people step-by-step, step, one thing at a time, and I kind of ask people, like, what do you think you can do? What do you think? If it's just one thing a week, because that's really – that's that was my journey, and I can only teach from experience, you know. I can also teach from books, but I know that for me, the reason that I stuck is because I could feel how I felt when I did it and when I didn't do it. Yeah. And I think when people do it because they can feel the difference – Rather than just because I told them to, because it's the best thing ever, um, I think they can really start to feel it in their body and they make a connection. So, when when people can feel it, so I tell people just start off for the first week, just getting rid of processed food. Hmm. You know, like you said, you were a vegetarian, but not eating the healthiest yeah. food. So, I just say, hey, you know, let's just eat all clean whole foods. So, even if they are doing dairy and things like that, I just say, you know, make sure that it's not packaged, make sure that it's straight from wherever, like clean source. You you know, it's what I call it, eating, eating clean. And then after that, we go into, okay, is there anything in your diet that you're eating occasionally, but you know, like, eh, I don't really feel great after <laughs> I eat that. You know, whether it's dairy or meat or steak or whatever, I let I let them choose, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think when people have, uh, you know, not being told, you know, being a coach, I'm a, it's about asking questions for me. Yeah. Like, what is it that you feel like you want to let go of? And usually they know. We know how, oh, that gives me a stomachache, but I love it. So much. And so in 2008, I, I wrote a book called Foods You Love That Love You Back. Because we, let say we like the mac and cheese and it's like, but does it love us back? Does it love our digestive system, our arteries, our hips and our thighs, you know? Yeah. Most of the time it's not. So... <laughs> So when people think about that, they're like, yeah, I don't feel good. And then they make they make a connection and I feel like making a connection just like I made that spiritual connection when I took a deep breath is the most important way to keep people doing anything that's good for them. If they don't make a connection, they do it to lose weight or they're doing it because of a fad or they're doing it because someone told them to, it might last a little while. Maybe if they're in fear, but that's a fear based way of training. Yeah. And I believe in love based. Um, and love base is allowing people to feel. And on those feelings, that's what creates your reality. And the reality that is real to yeah. me is love. So I teach with a lot of compassion, and patience, and I help people love themselves more. And when you eat an apple, how do you feel? When you eat fruit, how do you feel? When you eat vegetables, how do you feel? Maybe a little gassy at first, but after that, how do you feel? And yeah. you know, <laughs> and I also talk to people about the realness of it. Like you know, when you start, your body's not used to eating a lot of green vegetables. Yeah. You know, you might experience you know headaches when you stop you know, drinking coffee, as you said, and, um, but realize you're experiencing that because you were addicted and it's a drug. And with any drug, you're going to go through the detox effects. And so I just try to be real with people and let them know that it's not going to be the easiest thing, but over time, you're going to feel better. You're going to look better. And if you're willing to go through the process it takes to cleanse your body, um, then you'll be able to reap the rewards.
0: Yeah. It's like, even when people eat, uh, start eating a plant-based diet they're not used to eating as much roughage or fiber and they're like god my digestion's all messed up like no that's how your digestion's like supposed to run right <laughs> you know, most people you know don't even know how their, their gastrointestinal health is supposed to function
1: exactly yeah. i had this one person say i go to the bathroom every day i was like well how often were you going before <laughs>
0: you know? once a week
1: <laughs> yeah or i tell somebody need to drink water and they're like well i can't drink water because i'm on the road all the time and i'm like so then when do you go to the bathroom? Yeah. Usually, like, some people go once a day or once yeah. every other day, but people are uncomfortable with going to the bathroom. Like, yeah. other than at home, some people will only use a bath, but they're gone all day. <laughs> yeah. And so it's that about building different relationships. It's okay to go to the bathroom. Don't sit on the toilet seat. Use paper <laughs> towels. But you definitely, if you're out all day, you definitely want to go to the bathroom somewhere yeah. else other than your home. And um, Because if you're n- not getting it out of you, then you're full of it. And yeah. you don't want to be full of you know what, the, <laughs> you know, the doo doo, you don't want to be full of the doo doo. <laughs> and so, um, so, but we, our body wants to be real, well functioning machines. And that's to me, nutrients and whatever you don't use coming out. Yeah. And if that's going on a regular basis, you know, you're healthy.
0: Yeah. Everything in life is about taking in good and expelling the negative. You that's know?
1: right.
0: Don't hold on to it. <laughs>
1: that's right. Take in the good and leave the rest. Yeah.
0: Taking yeah. the good and dump the shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the emotional shit, the figurative shit, the literal shit. <laughs> exactly,
1: drop all that.
0: Um, so tell us a little bit about Get Loved Up. Tell us a little bit about what it entails, how it works.
1: Well, Get Loved Up to me is something, is more in alignment with my own journey. I realized, um, you know, even when I got the injury in college, I didn't love myself. I felt like I'm running hard, I'm taking care of myself. I paid my way through college by, you know, going to the track every day but really because I wasn't living in balance, because I was like not giving myself enough time to rest, you know, training on top of training on top of training, you know, not taking care of my body, not getting the sleep that I need, and not giving my body the nutrients that it needs. That's not loving myself. And a lot of times people say, well, I love my family because I work hard, but I can't spend time with them because I have to make money for them. and And so it's about balance and, you know, get loved up. Our mantra is love yourself, love others love the planet and I think when you focus on self-love not just about providing for yourself but also making sure you get enough sleep and you're eating healthy plant-based foods and you know you're connecting with others which is the second pillar and you're because we're all spiritual beings and we are meant I believe to connect because we're all part of the whole so being part of the whole, I think the world is one body. And if we only connect with ourselves and don't connect with the rest of our body, I think we're missing out for with that experience. It's almost like having a hand, but never using or looking at it, right? And so when we connect with other people, it's like looking at different parts of your body, exploring it, saying, oh, that's nice, hi, <laughs> you know? And so I use that analogy to help people feel like what it feels like to connect. And sometimes we get so caught up and you know, our journey, our life, our family, that we forget that we are here to just enjoy one another and enjoy this beautiful planet, which takes me to, to the third pillar, is the Earth. You know, When we're on this Earth, to not only enjoy, but also take care of it, take care of ourselves, take care of each other, and also take care of our planet. And so get loved up. It's just about teaching the daily principles of what it takes to really take care of yourself. Because, again, I think a lot of people just don't know. Mm. You know, we are not taught this in schools that you know how to take care of other people how to give to the homeless or give to the poor or look out for your brother or sister or family member and i don't mean blood related but that are not doing so well and how it's important to like you said recycle and eat plant-based so that we're not depleting our resources and cutting down forests so much by producing that we don't have anymore and making different animals go extinct so There's a connectiveness here, and Get Loved Up is about teaching people the daily practices that it takes to um, love yourself, love others, and love the planet.
0: Mm. Um, That's awesome. Where can people find out more about you and stay connected with you?
1: I have a website, and it's koyaweb.com, my first and last name, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B. And I have some information there about who I am and what I do and about Get Loved Up and about how people can join and be a part. I have tons of online yoga programs mm-hmm. and nutrition programs and things that people can dive into and just learn more. Yeah. And the most beautiful thing, as I say, is that you have to find out how it works in your lifestyle. Some people are at home all day. Some people are at work all day. But I do believe that we can all find a way to make it work for us.
0: That's awesome. Are there any final thoughts or things that you want to share with the listeners out there?
1: Um, I just want to share just to, more than anything, just daily close your eyes and connect with your spiritual self. Because at the end of the day, no matter what I say or anyone else or whatever you're meant to do within a day, your soul knows the journey that you're meant to have on this planet. And if you connect with that, then you'll make the right choices.
0: Thank you so much for being here, Koya.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been such an honor.
0: (laughs) Until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. Namaste. Namaste.